When you lean in to hug or kiss your grand, do you ask them before you do? In this episode, we're talking about bodily autonomy and children advocating for themselves when they're uncomfortable. I can tell you that when my Greek grandmother held my face in her hands and leaned in for a wet kiss on the lips, I certainly found it difficult to escape the inevitable, and I would never think to tell her no. Of course, she didn't ask either. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And before we talk about this hot topic of bodily autonomy, let's talk about how our week went here on the home front in our weekly segment. This week in grandparenting. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about my experience at the eye doctors. So we were talking about ageism with Melissa Davy last week. And and then it just so happened your annual appointment came up. <laughs> and I, I had an experience which I've never experienced before, which was a total ageism um, moment. Moment. Yeah. I just had a moment. I just had a moment. <laughs> okay. So I was standing at the desk to check out. The doctor was standing next to me. And the woman whom I was checking out with was, I would say, in her 30s. That's my guess. But I'm just guessing by the way I looked at her. And at one point when we were talking about billing, the doctor said, well, I don't know how to bill that and everything. And the woman looked at me and said, so what does your Medicare cover? And I was kind of taken aback. And for a moment, I didn't didn't know what to say. And then I said, "Mm, I'm not old enough for Medicare. And it just went right over her head. She didn't seem to react at all. But the doctor rolled her eyes because I think she realized how that sounded to me. And I just thought it was a funny experience. It's like, I guess because I have gray hair, she just assumed I I was old. And, you know, it's funny because I go to Target and I want to buy alcohol and they always want to card me. So, I mean, in that situation, (laughs) they are not assuming I'm, what, over 21? (laughs) There are so many assumptions that I'd like to be able to peel back in there. Is everybody who's got gray hair on Medicare? Well, no, because people are letting their hair gray more naturally more often. And hair goes gray at like in your 40s. Does somebody who's 30 believe that everybody who's 60-ish colors their hair and suddenly they stop when they get Medicare? (laughs) What, because Medicare doesn't cover hair color? No, I... I, (laughs) It's it's ridiculous. And I was... I was a little bit insulted by it. But anyway, it was just a funny coincidence did after it, we had just talked about it. In the instant, did it, I mean, right away, did it insult you or did you have to think about it before you really felt the burn? <laughs> you know, I felt the burn pretty quickly. Then I tried to figure out what I was going to say back to her. <laughs> so I said, no, I, you know, I'm not old enough. You played it straight then. I did. And you I didn't, did. and you didn't get difficult. I tried not to. You didn't do a Karen. Yeah. No, but I felt really a little insulted by the whole thing. Speaking of age, we have lost a great queen. And when I use the word we, I kind of am talking about the royal we. We've just uh, watched the burial of Queen Elizabeth II in the last several days as as this recording is being made. Yeah. And it, it was just really sad. Especially for you, I think, because you're such an Anglophile. I am. But, you know, I was struck by how she served her country and the monarchy 
and what a great role model she was for her children and her grandchildren and the relationship that she had with them. I mean, she wasn't perfect. We all know that. But I'm thinking when I think about her, I think it might be kind of, it might have been kind of sad for her during her reign, you know, that her children didn't really follow the example that she had modeled. We talked about that a little bit when we watched the... Yeah. She led the royal family by example, and she made her intentions known, sometimes somewhat directly, and you could see that in decisions that were made to either uh, bring in or move out people from their roles. Mm -hmm. And I think the lesson we take away from that is you do the best you can, both as example and in the directives that you can give as a grandparent, yeah. Uh, outside the royal family, you know, we're all a bit limited in how much of that direction we can give. Yeah. Well, she was much loved. And I think, you know, her grandchildren loved her a lot. Um, speaking of grandchildren, uh, we attended another grandchild birthday party this week. It seems like with 10 grandchildren, there's always a birthday party to go to. But, you know, she did a great job. And after hearing my podcast last week, one of my adult children said, you know, I was the one that actually started that idea of practicing with your children um, before an event. So they were able to handle the disappointment with gifts. So kudos to her. I didn't realize she was the one that had thought about it. I didn't realize both of those adult daughters were listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a little scary. Um, but anyway, uh, but but this daughter went a step further. She and her husband, um, for this birthday party, not only helped their daughter think through how she was going to say thank you about gifts and how she was going to react if she got a gift she didn't like, but they encouraged her to do something that they had seen on an episode of Bluey. So maybe some of you don't know what Bluey is. And I'm saying Bluey, like the color blue, e, you know, Bluey. The reason the character's called Bluey, this is an animated children's series, is because it's about a dog who is a blue healer. Bluey! And so Bluey is um, representing a six-year-old kid in a family of two kids, mom two and girls. dad. Yeah. Right. And um, it's from Australia, and it is charming, charming. It's on Disney+. Plus, so, And they're like eight-minute episodes, so yeah, they're very, it, very short. It's actually on a bunch of streaming services. You oh, can kind of find your way through it. It comes from Australia. Yeah. The BBC is involved. Uh, so you can get to it. You may have to pay for it. Um, some of the episodes are free up on YouTube if you want to just so, oh, sort of sample it. So, so cute. It's it's one of those things written on multiple levels. So yeah, you, can, you can get just as much <laughs> as your child can if you sit and watch it with them. Right. So there was this episode, season three, episode 13, called Pass the Parcel. This episode of Blue is called Pass the Parcel. And we all sat at the birthday party and we watched this eight-minute episode together. And it was so adorable and we laughed and everything. But the whole idea was that after the episode, we were all going to play Pass the Parcel. Now, you want to know what Pass the Parcel is? It's basically musical chairs with a, with a present. Pat, would you mind doing the music? Yeah, too easy, Sheila. Ready, kids? So uh, you basically, each child, as the music's going, each child unwraps a layer 
of this package, this wrapped package. And when the music this, stops- This wrapped package has been wrapped a bunch of times. Yeah, a bunch of times. Like if there are 10 kids in the circle, there's 10 layers of wrapping. And each time the parcel gets stopped at a child, the child unwraps the present. All right, it's me. Ooh, it's a bracelet. And it used to be, so the person who finally gets the- last layer of wrapping is the one who gets the big present, right? That was the old version of Pass the Parcel, the 1980s version of Pass the Parcel. The, the, the episode starts with them trying this new version of Pass the Parcel. But how can everyone get a prize? There's just one in the middle. No, there's a prize in each layer. What? So no one misses out. And you get to see how it works and the kids each unwrap. And and there's also this uh, scheming to make sure that the music stops at each child that hasn't already had a chance to pass the parcel to open it up. Ready, kids? I'll just close my eyes. Ah, uh, Pat, no. You have to stop on each kid once. What? Why? So everyone gets a prize. And at each unwrapping, the kid finds a treat in the layer of the wrapping so no one misses out. Everybody gets a similar kind of prize, and I guess there's really no great big prize at the end. I guess there's a little, there is something in that package, but it's not a big prize like they used to get in the 1980s. This is not how you play past the parcel. One of the dads complains that, quote, we're building a nation of squibs. You want to explain what a squib is in Australia? Uh, It's somebody who is deciding not to honor some sort of undertaking because of some selfish or spurious reasons. In so other, in they other don't words, like it. They don't like it, so they're not going to play they're along with play. it. They're not going to play. And <laughs> it's really funny because all the episode from the, that point on, when you see them play the new game. Oh, this is just wrong. At future parties, they start playing the old way because this one father wants to try it. And the old way, you know, there's one big present in the middle of the package. No one else gets anything. And it's so interesting and funny to watch because they're like constant showing you, you know, party after party after party where everybody plays past the parcel. And in the future parties, when they're playing like they used to in the past, the kids are crying. They're upset because they don't have like a little bracelet or a lollipop or anything. And they don't like the fact that there's just one gift and they didn't get it. And it's hilarious. And, you know, but eventually what it shows you is that the children learn to lose. So it's not a bad thing in the end that they, and they all decide they like playing it the old way. Do you remember I was saying something this week about how most experiments fail? Mm -hmm. Well, most attempts at win end in losing. I mean, really, if you were to sort of do the math, especially with competitive sport, most attempts at winning end up with some, with that individual losing. So learning how to lose, great thing. Yeah. It's the failing forward kind of thing. It's so funny because we are starting to pass the point of, you know, making sure everybody gets a present, making sure everybody gets a trophy, all of that kind of stuff. And now this new kind of thing is let's go back to children learning how to lose graciously and figuring out that you can't win everything. But it was funny. Our granddaughter still wanted to play it the new way. And by the end, her sister got the candy when the final unwrapping took place, and it turned out that, you know, she got a little more than everyone else, a little more candy. But even then, you know, 
our birthday girl, she, you know, she looked a little sad, but she recovered quickly. And her sister shared some of the candy with her other sisters. So it all turned out okay. And applause and, and you know, encouragement and affirmation to the parents who are all trying to figure this out at the same time <laughs> as they're bringing up their children and going through all the birthday party celebrations and trying to figure it all out. After the party ended, we headed out, and I gave hugs and kisses on the bridge of the nose to two of the grands, and the third one, like I said last week, wasn't interested so much in that, but I patted her head and looked her in the eye to tell her I loved her, and that brings us to the subject of the day, bodily autonomy. Therapist Jessica McNair, mother of two and a therapist, had shared on a TikTok video, and also it was on Good Morning America or the Today Show, I think it was the Today Show, about her personal parenting rules. These are the five rules that she has for her own children. And again, the reason I'm talking to you about this is this is something that's coming up in parents, our adult kids talking to each other about how they're going to bring up their children, which then affects us about how we relate to our grands. So here are the five things. Don't comment on their bodies or make remarks about her own body. Don't talk about finances in front of them. Don't compare her kids with others. Don't reward or punish with food. And lastly, she never goes in for a hug without asking her children for consent. She says, quote, kids are not required to kiss and hug all their relatives. If it's a genuine expression or a feeling they want to share, that's on them to decide. She says this is, you know, their first way of you know, having bodily autonomy, that this is how they feel. They should be able to express how they feel. And, you know, it, it is interesting, and one of these days we are going to do, when I, get, when I get a good guest about gentle parenting, we are going to talk about gentle parenting. But the thing about parenting in general now is that kids have to express themselves all over the place. Like they should be able to just voice anything and say what they want and say how they feel. And if you have... Uh, been a child who has exercised constraint as a child and you were the good child, then you probably weren't a good child. You were the child who was suppressed. I mean, that's kind of how I think therapists are looking at childhood now, which is okay. so different than when we were growing up. Okay. So one perspective on what uh, Mommy McNair is doing is that she's woke and that she's too woke and this is a big woke thing. <laughs> well, she's very woke. And, and, you know, I, it, this affects grandparents because that means that every time we go in for a hug for, with our grandchildren or we go in for a kiss for our grandchildren, we're supposed to say, is it okay if I hug you? Is it okay if I kiss you? Okay. And like I said, when I finished at the party, I went over and I didn't ask permission. I just hugged the two that I knew are more comfortable with that, kissed them on the bridge of their nose. Now, this is a whole nother issue. My grandmother kissed me on the lips. She did not give me a choice. She would just kiss me on the lips. And I believe you had a grandmother who did that as well, right? One grandmother was a lip kisser. One was a cheek kisser. Yeah. And, you know, there it depends on uh, their culture. I mean, it's a cultural thing for many, many people. Their culture kisses everyone on the lips. It's even Men a, kiss it's, on the lips. It's a U.S. regional thing also. 
Oh, yeah? Not just a global cultural thing. Oh, I would totally love to do a big study on that to find (laughs) out. Because, I mean, listeners, please, I know we have listeners who come from many countries. I can see that on our organizational analytics. So if you're from a country where kissing on the lips is totally okay, I would like to hear that perspective. And, you know, some people are concerned about kissing on the lips because... Maybe when they leave their own family and they're kissing on the lips in their family, they feel like they can do that at at school or in other places. Like, do children have the discernment to know that if it's happening at home, it's not going to happen somewhere else? That's one of the concerns people have. Post-pandemic, I mean, germs, we all are like, don't don't touch my... I was saying at the birthday party, I'm getting so... I don't like it when children or anybody uh, blows candles out. We, I remember during COVID when you had your 60th birthday, we used a hairdryer. Well, if the light's right, you can watch the spittle cover the cake when the child blows the candles out. And yeah, so... Yeah. I'm like, I don't think I want the frosting on the top. Whether, whether or not that happens, it's probably still an interesting and certainly a clever idea when it comes time for the birthday boy or girl to blow the candles out, hand them a plugged-in hairdryer, <laughs> flip the switch, and say, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, is that a bad tradition? We're not going to do that anymore. I mean, I have had my doubts. So, like, kissing on the lips with COVID and pandemic stuff, that has really changed my ideas. Not that I've ever done that. That That isn't something we've done. Um, well, I, th- I think we can take the COVID part away from it. And we can look at whether kissing on the lips is a social thing or not. My opinion is that it is a consensual, intimate thing and that lip kissing needs to be left for cases where one, you're clear about it being okay. And number two, it's about some kind of shared um, ro- uh, romantic, not social yeah. or familial love. That's yeah. that's my view. Honestly, there are probably good ways to hug and bad ways to hug as especially your grandchildren get older, side hugs, maybe not so hard hugs, you know, those kinds of things are things to think about as you move forward and as your children get a little older. Yeah. So if you want to be proactive about it and you don't have somebody like uh, Mrs. McNair telling you that consent is always required, proactively, maybe the, the, the side hug, the loose hug, the kissing on the head is something that you want to think about if you are mindful of the fact that your adult children are parenting in a different atmosphere right. than we were. And obviously there's no black and white to any of this. You have to make those decisions for yourself and for your own family, but it certainly can be a great conversation starter at your next dinner party if you want to talk about how your grandparents kissed you and how you kiss your children and grandchildren. It's kind of funny, the whole thing. At the dinner party, like like yeah. don't wait until the birthday party. Yeah. Work it out beforehand. <laughs> or with your, with your couple's friends or something, yeah. talk about it. But however you love your grandchildren, here's to the effort you make to let them know that you do. If you have thoughts that you would like us to include in a future episode on something that we've said in the past, please get in touch with us. A couple of ways are email grandlifeconnection at gmail.com or call us and leave a message at 317-572-7876. And if you happen to hear the next time on the Grand Life part at the very, very end of the episode... And so through that, you know what we're going to talk about next time. And you have something to add to that, to suggest? 
by all means, get in touch with us on that. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Next time on The Grand Life. I read a column recently where a grandfather invited his grands and their young families on a cruise celebrating his 82nd birthday. So he was going to pay for it all. And one grandson couldn't attend due to the birth of their first child. So he asked grandpa to instead give him the money that would have been spent on his part of the cruise to help out with the upcoming birth expenses. What do you think about that scenario? That's next time on The Grand Life.